Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Monday, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor, we're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, Monday at 9, 8 central on CBS. Hackers are after your business data. I can help. I am Vi, the virtual intelligence assistant at Virtual Armor. Virtual Armor, partnered with Juniper Networks, provides cybersecurity services and end-to-end solutions to keep what's yours, yours. Defend yourself with managed firewall and managed SIM essential core services that are economical and efficient. Virtual Armor goes beyond just initial alerting to provide a thorough report on threats, vulnerabilities, and results. Let me help protect you. Contact me at JustAskVi. That's V-I dot com. And here we go. My opponent is against oil, guns, and God. I am the Democratic Party right now. 47 years, you've done nothing. Everything Americans value hangs in the balance. We have an obligation under the Constitution. To use every arrow in our quiver. This is the most important election in the history of our country. I believe that. This is Devious Motives with Brett Winterbull. I would hope that the president, having gone through what he went through, and I'm glad he seems to be coming along pretty well, would uh, communicate the right lesson to the American people. Masks matter. These masks, they matter. It matters. It saves lives. It prevents the spread of the disease. Social distancing. Instead of talking about what the only thing I heard was one of the tweets saying that, you know, don't be so concerned about all this, essentially. A little sound for the last 24 hours of the uh, news cycle that we are monitoring oh so closely. I am Brett Witterbull. It is uh, Devious Motives, and we are happy to be here spending this time with you. Well, I, I saw quite the kerfuffle taking place as a result of the uh, president of the United States leaving, uh, of course, Walter Reed Army Medical, uh, making his way uh, back to the White House and uh, uh, shooting some videos, making appearances on the balcony, uh, you name it. And that has become the central focus point of the news cycle in these last 24 hours. Now, the president of the United States said he was feeling better. Uh, he said he was ready to go back. He obviously consulted with his doctors and they made a decision that it was time to head back to the White House and get back to the, the business of business of governing. And I respect that. I understand that. I think it's absolutely uh, uh, up to the president to make that decision, to make that call. Simultaneously, last night, we saw a town hall take place in Miami, Florida, where you had the uh, vice president of the United States getting together, spending time there on NBC. But my Lord, watching the meltdowns, the veritable meltdowns and freakouts and hysterics and panic uh, coming out of people that are supposed to be these sober minded experts when it comes to communications, news, uh, health policy, you name it. I mean, it was it was pure idiocy. And I think. None of the idiocy was was quite like the idiocy that we saw from one Chris Cuomo, who uh, literally over at, uh, on CNN 
and I don't know why they're doing this now, but they are they're they're cursing. They curse on CNN during the news. I've heard it repeatedly. They started it with the S-hole countries remarks back a few years ago. But you've got routinely Chris Cuomo, who is a Yale educated uh, guy, a super smart guy, son of Mario Cuomo, a brother of 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 Andrew Cuomo. Oh, the the great uh, the great genius governor of the state of, of New York. And you, you reduce things on TV now to just cursing, just to curse words. And it's uh, it's an absolute disgrazia, as uh, as Mario and his family may have said once upon a time. And I, I can use that kind of language because I do have Italian heritage in my background. Uh, but but this idea that, like, we're going to freak out because Donald Trump, the president, came back to the White House. Really? Really, Andrew? Uh, what, what What's wrong with you? I mean, seriously, what's what's actually wrong with you, Andrew Cuomo? Get get a listen to this. There he is, hair blown majestically, reshooting the scene for his own ad. I hold rallies and I tell you to ignore masks and I rip mine off as I vanquish the virus because I am a leader. Fear not, COVID. What a bunch of bullshit. Going back to the White House, if you want to know the reality, the truth, okay, the virus is the truth. You've got a president who was a drunk driver who is pushing others to drive drunk. That's what he is. Do I want to see a drunk driver get hurt? Hell no. But I worry more about the people he hits. And I love seeing him do that victory lap in that limo. Thank God. You know why? I knew that meant he has to be okay. Not the people who were in there with him, PPE up to their nose. Now they got a quarantine. He doesn't give a damn. And now I don't have to feign any extra measure of compassion. First of all, who's who's asking Chris Cuomo to, to feign some measure of compassion for the for the president of the United States? I, I, I don't who who's asking him to feign compassion, to show compassion, to be compassionate in any way, shape or form. Look, uh, Chris, you are. You're an incredible guy. You had COVID early on and you came through it. OK, uh, many people, including me, and, and I'm not embarrassed to ad- admit this, was hoping for a speedy recovery for you. I can't stand you on television. I don't think you're a particularly nice person. I don't think you're a particularly good person or a remarkable person. But that being said, I don't believe that the COVID ought to be a death sentence. And so when I found out that you had the COVID and then you went down into your basement and, and you became sort of a feature on on CNN, you know, the lesson that you put out there was, hey, this thing was bad. I was freaking out. I was having bad dreams. I was having night sweats. I didn't feel good. I had the flu. It was awful. It was the worst thing I ever felt in my life. I remember I remember your, your presentation in, in that way, Chris Cuomo. But I don't remember anybody saying, oh, good, Chris Cuomo got it. He deserves to get it. Uh, we don't have any sympathy or anything like that for him. And you want to know why that is? Because normal people, regular people, not people desperate for an audience, which is clearly what you are. Uh, otherwise, you wouldn't be cursing and swearing and carrying on like an idiot on, on a cable news channel, uh, throwing the BS word around in all of its glory. Uh, you'd be able to find a more sophisticated term, uh, phrase, a turn of a phrase. You'd be able to say the, the gutter uh, style insult that you want to say with a more eloquent uh, uh, series of words. But this idea that you hate the president because he left Walter Reed. So let's let's unpack this in reverse. And don't worry, we're going to unpack some of the stuff that that Vice President Biden said uh, as well. And we're going to analyze both sides of this because that's what we do here on the Devious Motives podcast. 
We unpack the stuff. We help you understand what the motivation is. So what would be the motivation of cable news outlets, whether it's the the, the failed strategist Nicole Wallace over on MSNBC, Chris Cuomo uh, over on CNN, Donnie Lemons uh, over there on CNN, or, or even... You know, some of the more progressive types who show up on, on, on the Fox News channel or the or the broadcast networks. What's the motivation to keep President Trump in Walter Reed, uh, laying in a bed, IVs in his arms, uh, all of that? The, the motivation is to create a narrative in people's minds that, see, the emperor has no clothes. He paraded around and pranced around and said he wouldn't get sick. And then when he got sick, then all of a sudden... We, we found out that this is a vulnerable man. This this man is human. He has no way to fight the virus. So so let's establish that they want to establish the fact that this is a person who is not in full control of his faculties, that he's not able to uh, continue to be the president of the United States uh, under current circumstances. I mean, last Friday, Thursday and a Friday, when this was revealed, people were going on the, the usual sort of suspect channels and were declaring things like, uh, he, he's got to hand the power over to Mike Pence. He's got the COVID. He, he's going to die. Now, please contrast that with what you heard for the last nine months. This this COVID, this this Wuhan flu, this China flu, this CCP virus, whatever your orientation is, you want to talk about it. This was a biological Pearl Harbor attack on the United States of America. And let me say that clearly and directly, because I've been watching this uh, I, I was talking about this back on my radio show in San Diego back in January. And, and at the time, I was saying this is a biological Pearl Harbor attack on the United States and uh, on the rest of the world. For what motivation? I don't know, because I'm not wired like a filthy communist like Xi Jinping is. But you had people saying he's got to sign the power over to Pence. He can't be the president of the United States. He's got the he's got the covid and the covid is going to kill him because he's morbidly obese. That was one of the talking points. And he's evil and he's rotten and he's terrible. But the narrative from Anthony Fauci uh, during the briefings and uh, Doris, the scarf Burks, Dolores Burks, Deborah Burks, Debbie Burks. I'm being mean, but you get what I'm saying here, folks. The narrative was what? The narrative was that you wear a mask, you socially distance, you wash your hands. And for most people, this will just be something that passes as well. That's that was the narrative. That was the stay calm, all is well narrative that we we had running, running for the first four or five months. This It's dangerous. We have to shut everything down. The children have to be educated only from home on the Zoom and on the Google Classroom. But don't worry. It's kind of like having just a really bad cold. I could pull 50,000 hours of people saying that in the reporting. And so when the president of the United States comes back from Walter Reed, and I am not, do, I'm not doing this in any way, shape or form to defend the president. He's able to defend himself. He's got a campaign that can defend himself. They can talk about the motivations. I'm just being historically accurate for the purposes of being, what, 26 days, 27 days away from the election. The president comes back from Walter Reed and he doesn't say blow this off. He doesn't say COVID. It doesn't really exist. It, I told you it was a hoax. It's it's a hoax. It's not real. You know what the president said? Don't make COVID the central focus of the national life of our nation. Really? I feel like I should do that uh, Joe Biden disclaimer right here. No joke. 
For real. I'm not kidding. No kidding. I'm not joking. I'm not kidding. I'm not joking. I'm not kidding. The president came out and said, thank you to the great people at Walter Reed. And don't let this virus paralyze you. In some ways, it is a paraphrasing of Franklin Delano Roosevelt with the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. We, we, we hear uh, echoes of, of other times in which the American people stood bravely in the face of challenges. We, we've heard this. After September the 11th, George W. Bush was heavily criticized for saying, look, it's important, get back to work, go shopping, don't tank the economy. Um, we had the, the, the September 11th attack here on our soil, but we're doing everything we can to avoid another September 11th attack, a mass attack like that on our soil. It's important for Americans to get back to their lives, not to be paralyzed, not to, not to hide, uh, not, to, not to ruin the economy that we have. And he got a lot of grief for that. I mean, let's do some context here from 19 years ago. The president then got a lot of grief. You had people like Joe Biden and, and people uh, who were in the Congress like Kasich, uh, people, I'm sure, like the Cuomo brothers who were running around saying, why would George W. Bush say, go back to your life as normal? Don't be paralyzed by fear. We will fight these fights. We will have victories you will not know about. There will be battles you do not know about. But it's important to live our lives as free people in a free country. Why would you say that? Because the president has the unique ability to panic the American people if the president is not cautious with what they say. And that is a hugely important reality. So last night, the president comes back from Walter Reed and, and is acutely aware of the things that are going on and is acutely aware of the messaging that he's putting out there. So here's what the president said last night, and then I'm going to let you hear what Joe Biden said at the town hall in Miami last night that is incredibly relative, relevant to, relative to the situation. It's incredibly relevant. Here's the president of the United States getting back from Walter Reed. I just left Walter Reed Medical Center, and it's really something very special. The doctors, the nurses, the first responders, and I learned so much about coronavirus and one thing that's for certain, don't let it dominate you. Don't be afraid of it. Now, the, the popular press are trying to tell you that the president's being reckless by saying that. I think that is sober news. I think that's important news. I think that's an important take. We don't know that he's not conveying a message from the doctors and medical staff at Walter Reed saying, listen, you got to fight through this. You got to get through this. Attitude is half the battle. This is an important thing to do. But they've made him out to be the second coming of Typhoid Mary. In fact, I saw idiots on cable channels referring to the president as Typhoid Mary going back to the White House. In fact, Jennifer Rubin, who was once upon a time a, a semi-cogent conservative, came out and said it's time to defund Walter Reed because they let the president of the United States go back to the White House. This is just lunacy lunacy in the extreme here's what the president also said about the coronavirus we have the greatest country in the world we're going back we're going back to work we're going to be out front as your leader i had to do that i knew there's danger to it but i had to do it i stood out front i led 
nobody that's a leader would not do what I did. And I know there's a risk, there's a danger, but that's okay. And now I'm better, and maybe I'm immune, I don't know. But don't let it dominate your lives. Get out there, be careful. We have the best medicines in the world. See, Brett, you're really dumb. You don't understand. He's just being a cheerleader. He's just rooting for America. What's the alternative? Sincerely, what, what's the alternative? If you're not going to root for America, what is the counter positive? What is the contra positive there? It's, it's that you're going to be rooting against the United States of America. But I don't think that's the right way to go, folks. I think it's a big mistake to think that. I think it's a huge mistake to think that, in fact. We got another segment of the Devious Motives podcast coming up here after a quick break. And I want to dive into what it was that Vice President Biden was saying at the Miami Town Hall, what he said about people of color uh, allowing him to be able to stay in the basement. And we'll do some breakdowns on some of the other big stories that are happening as we get closer and closer. You're listening to Devious Motives. You're listening to Devious Motives. Welcome back. I'm Brett Witterbull. It is Devious Motives. This is episode four. It's unbelievable. It's October the 6th. 2020 and we're we're staring right down the road at that upcoming election in november saw a very interesting conversation with steve bannon uh on maria bartiromo's uh, uh program this morning and uh, he made a, a very interesting point that i think is worth kind of considering as we watch the way the twists and the turns of this election are going to go he contends that the the three million people who have voted uh, overwhelmingly, by the way, of the three million people who have early voted already uh, for the presidency and, and imagine for the other down ballot races as well. Uh, those folks are overwhelmingly Democrat. And he contends that those are not new voters. You're not going to get uh, wavering voters. You're not going to get on the fence voters. You're not going to get those sorts of people uh, to turn out early to vote. These are committed Democrats. And what Bannon was contending with uh, w- with Maria Bartiromo on that uh, on the Fox Business Channel was that Democrats have to be careful because they may be cannibalizing some of their own voters. In other words, if you have a a, a pool of 100 voters and you go and you tell them, make sure you get out there and you vote early, vote early, vote, 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 vote early because you don't want the bad orange man to be the president. Uh, and then you turn out to vote. Well, you're not going to then go vote on Election Day. I'm assuming there's not going to be any fraud, but you're not going to go uh, voting on Election Day. You're going to you're going to vote early. So now you're irrelevant to the process on Election Day. I'm not saying your vote doesn't mean anything, but you're irrelevant to the process on Election Day because you already voted. Right. So what is now happening with the Biden camp? Because it's this has been in all the headlines. You can find it. Just do a quick Google search. You're seeing despite the the messaging on wearing a mask and social distancing and don't do anything uh, that would be risky or dangerous or, or inappropriate as it relates to doing outreach, you're now seeing door-to-door campaigning taking place among the Democratic Party. I do not fault them for that. I would absolutely want to turn as many people out as possible. When you think about the country and the turnout rate that we typically have, it's, 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 it's south of 50%. I mean, we don't, we don't oftentimes crack big numbers. You had, uh, what did you have, 60 million and 62 million for, for Hillary? You had 60 million for Trump, 62 million for, for Hillary back in the, uh, in, in the election. You look at that number and you say, we're a country of 320, 25 million people, 330 million when you count all the illegals. Kidding. Don't get mad. Don't get chippy. But the point is, there's a lot a lot 
of uh, potential voter base out there you could tap, that you could turn around and flip into the process. If all you do is motivate your core base to get out and vote early, what are you doing for the remaining, now it's 26 days, right, 26, 27 days, what are you doing to motivate the rest of them to keep coming out uh, that haven't voted early yet? Uh, the NBA, uh, NFL, uh, professional ball players, weirdos from Hollywood, everybody's been doing these, uh, these, these PSAs. Oh, vote, you got to vote, don't forget to vote, vote, exclamation point, register to vote, be sure you vote, ballot harvest. All that sort of stuff. So the, the strategies are very interesting, especially when we look at the drama coming up on election night, because that's going to be interesting. If you have Trump supporters who are holding back because they don't trust the mail-in balloting, they don't trust the games that they feel like are going to get played, and they're going to wait to show up and, and vote on, on election day, what does that number then look like? Is it massive? Are they able to get their votes in? How does that shake out? Well, it's looking pretty ugly right now. My good friend Brett Jensen over at WBT uh, Radio, WBT News, um, makes an observation that's very interesting. Earlier today, he put out on Twitter, I have a feeling North Carolina is going to be this year's Florida come the election from the North Carolina State Board of Elections, a company called Civitech, Civitech, C-I-V-I-T-E-C-H, a vendor to increase voter registrations inadvertently mailed pre-filled voter registration applications with incorrect name and address and date of birth info to 11,000 people in North Carolina. So Civitech is only giving voter info for six battleground states, all of which Trump won. These are North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Florida, as it tries to get more people to vote, including activists. So, so, so you look at Civitech, you look at the, 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 the things that are out there to sell Civitech to people, and you have to, uh, you, you have to see this very interesting here. As you look at the, the designation, uh, Civitech mailed out 11,000 wrong pre-filled voter registration apps to North Carolina residents. Says you have to do this in order to be eligible to, uh, to, to vote. A, a current job, by the way, that's been posted uh, to be to be filled is for a senior data scientist. And when you look at the qualifications for this Civitech company, here are your qualifications. Possessing excellent SQL skills, knowledgeable of different types of database structures. Okay, that makes total sense, right? What's the next uh, re requirement? Experienced in working with large data sets and accessing various databases. Okay, makes sense. I'm in. Committed to leveraging data to elect Democrats and empower progressive organizations. So this is a, a progressive company, a progressive organization that's out there trying to increase turnout. They're sending out wrong ballots with wrong information. Gee, that's not going to create a mess. That's why Brett Jensen's noting this could be this year's Florida. Vice President Biden has thrown a lot of incoming at the uh, at the president, a lot of incoming at the president. And it's really been quite something uh, to, to behold, no doubt. And one of the things that I think is so fascinating is you have Vice President Biden out there making a number of contentions. OK, so let me first give you what the vice president, former Vice President Biden said about Science and the scientists, which is important 
Can we can we all agree that this is a hugely important thing to to get out there? Here is Joe Biden on the science and the scientists. And so the president should take responsibility and the federal government has an obligation to lay out basic guidelines and the science matters. Listen to the scientists. Okay, so what are what are the scientists saying? Serious question. Not kidding, not joking, as as Vice President Biden likes to say. What are the scientists saying about COVID and coronavirus? Well, well, first of all, the CDC just came out in the last 24 hours and said, hey, turns out, holy cow, coronavirus can be airborne and it can hang in the air for hours. Oh, we better start wearing we better start wearing masks. Because the coronavirus is airborne and the masks can stop you from spreading the corona. Why are you laughing at why are you laughing at me on this podcast of devious motives? Uh, Oh, because we've been wearing masks. Hmm. So we are trusting the, the science and the scientists. We're trusting the science and the scientists. Nobody is walking around with cut up pantyhose on their faces thinking that they're protecting themselves from the coronavirus. Right. But the CDC, I mean, if it's if it's Monday, it must be a reversal of a finding that we thought was true. If it's Tuesday, it must be the reversal of the reversal of the finding that we thought was true. What? Huh? I can't wait till this gets brought up in the vice presidential debate in Utah with Vice President uh, Mike Pence and the uh, vice president nominee for the Democratic Party, Senator Kamala Harris, uh, there at the uh, at the debate stage, because it's going to be very interesting, because when you hear trust the science, then what's the science? And may I may I editorialize here briefly on the devious motives podcast? I, I may and I will, because it's my podcast. Why do we trust the science as it relates to coronavirus? But we refuse to trust the science when it comes to the viability of a baby before birth. Oh, why did you put that in there, Brett? <sighs> Sorry. I just, I, I wonder about these things, right? It's, it's like the idea that we're supposed to have a living, breathing constitution that's written with words and intentions, but the climate that we live within, meaning the weather, the climate has to be static. Constitution fluid, climate must be static, Trust the science on COVID, viability of a fetus, certainly at the ninth month when it's about to be born. Well, stop that. You're being divisive like Amy Coney Barrett. All right, we'll get to her in a minute. But uh, I, I digress. I just like to point these crazy things out because the devious motives are cunning motives designed to confuse you. And I want to cut through the confusion. I do. It's that simple. Pure and simple. All right. So Vice President Biden says that we, uh, we, we, are, we are in a war. We are in a war. Did you know we're in a war? No, not a, not a domestic political war, but we are, in fact, in a war right now in our country against the COVID. Listen, we are under attack. As I said earlier, 200,000 plus have died. 50,000 a day are getting the virus. A thousand a day thereabouts are dying. This is a national emergency. OK, so if we're in a war and I, I believe you, Vice President Biden, I think you're a serious enough man. You've been a senator for 40 years you've been a vice president for eight years Uh, i do not and let the record reflect that on my daily radio show on news talk 11 10 wbt i have never underestimated uh, biden i have laughed at his gaffes 
But I've never underestimated uh, Vice President Biden in terms of the seriousness of, of what he does. So if we're at war, are we at war with coronavirus or are we at war with another nation who gave us coronavirus? Because the thing I never hear talked about is the role of the Chinese Communist Party in COVID. And I'm not even talking about Hunter and, and the Biden family making money off of investments in China. I'm not going to go for that cheap route. I'm not talking about Joe Biden helping to bring China into the WTO uh, with Dianne Feinstein and Bill Clinton. I'm not I'm not even going there. I'm talking about the idea that a, a country that wants to be a responsible partner in the world and people progressives think that China is a responsible partner. I want to know, like, to what degree is their culpability for China concealing the coronavirus and its dangers and, and possibly purposely misleading which is a commonly held thought. But I don't hear hear that. I hear that bad orange man is the cause of Corona is the worst Corona guy ever. But I, I want to be nice to, to Vice President Biden because he had quite a realization in, in the last number of weeks. And talk show hosts have been playing this clip, but I want to play the full clip because they only play a little bit of the clip involving Joe Biden and being in the, in the basement. Uh, Joe Biden acknowledged the role of people of color in battling the coronavirus. Check it out. Well, I'll tell you why. Because the American public, the blinders have been taken off. They've all of a sudden seen a hell of a lot clearer. They're seeing, geez, the reason I was able to stay sequestered in my home is because some black woman was able to stack the grocery shelf. Or I got a young Hispanic is out there. These dreamers are out there, 60,000 of them acting as first responders and nurses and docs. Or all of a sudden people are realizing, my Lord, you know, these people have done so much, not just black, white, across the board, have done so much for me. You know, there's a little bit of clarity coming through with Vice President Biden when he makes the observation he just made about the, the, the women, uh, the, the, the women of color and the Hispanic Americans and, and people from all backgrounds. Uh, being important to keeping the wheels on this thing in our country, especially as it relates to the response to the coronavirus. Um, he's apparently capable of he's capable of understanding that that not everybody who's in a racial group that's different than Joe Biden is a victim. There are there are people who are heroic for what they're deciding to do to keep us safe. I mean, think about that for a quick second. There are people who are heroic when, when it comes to keeping us safe and keeping us alive. And they're not the people. I'm just going to make an observation. The people that are the first responders, that maybe Hispanic or the people who are people of color, African-Americans, black people who are out there working to keep this country going. They're busy. They're hardworking. They're not out rioting and destroying property. Those are precisely the people that the politicians, whether it's President Trump or Vice President Biden, ought to be speaking to, in my humble opinion. Finally, the question of Amy Coney Barrett. What's going to happen as we look towards this vice presidential debate? Last night, Lindsey Graham says the vote shall happen. Here's what the chairman said. She will be confirmed this year. We start on the 12th. She gets reported out of the committee on October the 22nd. Democrats will have plenty of time to ask her hard relevant questions. If they try to destroy her, it will blow up in her in their face like it did with Kavanaugh. 
So Lindsey Graham says they're moving forward on this and they're not going to let the COVID be an excuse. Right, Chuck Schumer? I don't remember Senator Schumer asking the protesters to be uh, tested before they came to my house and broke out my window. I don't remember any Democrat worried about testing during the riots. So this is an effort to deflect and delay. It will not work. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Devious Motives. I think we exposed them all. I'm Brett Witterbull. Be sure to tell your friends and share it on social media. We'll talk to you next time right here on Devious Motives. Devious Motives with Brett Winterbull.